We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. It's not going to be a Super Tuesday for Chris Matthews. No, uh, Chris retired last night. You know, he retired the same way that Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose retired. Only difference is that Chris got a chance to go on the air and tell everybody how much he loved them. Well, after a conversation with MSNBC, I decided tonight will be my last hardball. So let me tell you why. The younger generations out there are ready to take the reins. We see them in politics, in the media, in fighting for their causes. They are improving the workplace. We're talking here about better standards than we grew up with, fair standards. A lot of it has to do with how we talk to each other. Compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have once incorrectly thought were okay. We're never okay. Not then and certainly not today. And for making such comments in the past, I'm sorry. Well, after he finished up, they went to a commercial, and then Chris was gone. And this was all about Chris and his treatment of women over the years. He was accused by multiple women of either harassing them, demeaning them, or hitting on them. Not in Harvey Weinstein's league, but apparently enough of a Me Too violator that it cost him his $5 million a year job. But his colleagues at MSNBC, Joe Scarborough and his wife Mika, apparently weren't that offended by Chris. This was this morning on their show. Chris gave us his all every night, and that's why we were wiping tears from our eyes last night and why we're going to miss him terribly tonight and every night when seven o'clock rolls around thank you chris for all you've done and you know it's uh, not even 12 hours after his resignation so i'm sort of still processing what has happened reading a lot um but i'm sad uh, Chris's passion and joy was infectious, as we've all said, and it was backed up by a political gut that was unmatched in our world. And um, you can't imitate that. You can't replace that. You can't replace that. And he shared that with us every night. Um, and as a woman, I just I want to say this. I loved working with Chris Matthews. Did he deserve it? We'll talk to Robbie Suave of Reason when we come back. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing. And Salem Surround can help. Whether you're just getting started in the world of digital marketing or already have a plan that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. And face it, in 2020, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations. Total market saturation for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11 We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. 
Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS to 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade Police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash stick. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash stick. That's BambooHR.com slash stick. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So Chris Matthews is out. His bosses at MSNBC played hardball with him and told him it was time to go. Did he deserve it? Let's talk about that with Robbie Suave. He's a senior editor at Reason Magazine, and you've probably seen him on Tucker Carlson's show a lot. Uh, that's uh, He's a regular guest on that show. Robbie, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. So uh, Chris Matthews is the uh, the latest old man in media uh, to make the, well, I guess I maybe I should say old white man. Uh, it's mostly white guys. Anyway, latest old man in media to take uh, make, make the list of guys whose long careers came to a, uh, I guess you would call it a screeching halt because of his alleged treatment of women. Is is this one who deserved it, do you think? I mean, that's sort of hard to say because, you know, he admitted when he, uh, on his show last night, when he said this was his last show, that he'd said things that uh, it didn't feel about women, that it, it didn't feel inappropriate to say at the time, uh, but, you know, don't hold up now, and he shouldn't have done that, and he was sorry for that. Um, so there is that. But, uh, but I don't know, it's, you know, some of it was, uh, was, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't violent, it wasn't all unwelcome, Um, he's a commentator by, uh, by, by nature, and, uh, and also some of the other things, it was clear people were also mad about how he, like, aggressively questioned Elizabeth Warren the other day, and, you know, the same people who are saying that he's guilty of, of all these sexist remarks are saying that, like, how he grilled Warren, and that just that just baffles me to think like a like a a, a a commentator, a pundit, a journalist shouldn't be asking tough questions of Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, who has a long history of kind of misrepresenting her own family situation, her policies. You know, she tried to drum up this. Well, Bernie Sanders is a sexist, et cetera. The media helped her with that, and so if you're saying that that well, that's the kind of thing that's unacceptable sexism. I mean that's that's textbook. That's me too. Gone too far. That's that's the kind of thing uh, that uh, that I've been warning about. If we're conflating those two issues, and I see a lot of conflating of that going on. So while I'm not I'm not you know going to say Chris Matthews never did anything wrong and, and you know he's a total martyr or something. It does seem to me like we're throwing in a lot of things that are not necessarily related, and uh, and that's and that's something to be concerned about. Yeah, um, the Elizabeth Warren thing is interesting because she. Actually, um, she had some credibility issues that may, really probably weren't challenged enough when she made the comment about what uh, 
Micah Bloomberg had said about her and the, um, the, the fact that she, he didn't think a woman could be elected president. And uh, he, she was asked about that, and, and, and she said that that's what happened. And when they asked Bloomberg, he said, uh, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't hear that, I didn't say that. But they, they just completely disregarded his answer. In, in other words, right. he was Sanders, lying. Sanders. Right, right on the said, air, yeah, basically. Yeah, she said, uh, her, her spoke, her surrogate said, Sanders had said this. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's and right, I'm sorry, was, Sanders, it, yeah. Right, and then, well, then she'd say, and she said that, uh, that Bloomberg had said, uh, or had told a female employee to, to kill it, it being right. uh, a yeah. uh, pregnancy, yeah. And uh, he said he didn't say that, and she said, well, you did. And, you know, it like, <laughs> Warren, Warren has, has had some credibility issues, or she's kind of allowed some smears of other people to fester, she should be questioned. And, like, this is my concern. If, if, you know, if by me too you mean, you know, men have to treat women responsibly, they can't, they can't, you know, hit on them without their permission, this kind of old boys club mentality has to go away, well, of course I agree. If it means, no, any sort of criticism of a powerful woman is sexism or is anti-feminist or something, I mean, that's insane. You have to be able to question these people. They're politicians. It's not, it's not not they're they're liars because they're women they're liars because they're politicians and they need to be criticized and they need to be sharply questioned and uh, and I, I thought it was just and also uh, Matthews was criticized it's not a, a, a sort of sexism issue but he was criticized for making an analogy about how Bernie Sanders supporters were just like sort of Germany you know conquering France the yeah. battles over uh, and, and, and then people were like, oh, that's a Nazi analogy. No, it wasn't right. a Nazi analogy. It was a, it was a battlefield analogy. Uh, so that was dumb, too. No, that, the, I, you pointed that out in your piece, and I thought the same thing at the time and, uh, and, uh, and over the last few days. The thing about the comment about the Germans in France, um, I mean, is, is it really, is it, is we are reaching at the point that if you're speaking to a, about a Jewish person, or speaking to a Jewish person, you can't use an analogy uh, involving World War II because it was such a bad thing for Jewish people. I mean, it's 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 insanity. It's it's it like saying the Vikings had taken over or the or the <laughs> Mongols or something. I mean, those people were you know evil people. Some of them who killed a lot of people, but it's yeah. not you know it's just not insensitive. It's just a generic kind of reference, and it's not about the content of what they did. Um, and we're getting so we are getting in some sense to PC to uh, and what are the rules and the rules there's no written rules right so right. Chris Matthews you know maybe he said things he sh- shouldn't have said maybe it was time for him to retire he's probably going to retire anyway but why does he get in trouble someone like like Joy Reid who's a host on MSNBC you know she had this lo- these long ago kind of homophobic blog posts which she's apologized for I don't care about that that's fine but what, what she what she really did wrong is she, she kind of she lied or, or appears to have lied about you know how they came to be she said she didn't author them or she was hacked or something oh, yeah. and that's oh, yeah. how they came to be and that's ridiculous that absolutely didn't happen so she's still misleading people about that but she you know nothing bad happened to her so like what are the rules who you know who stuff is it it's because it's because of your identity it's because you're you're with the kind of woke crowd or not and matthews just doesn't fit in that's kind of the conclusion i draw even though he's a very you know he's an independent thinker uh i you know i kind of quite like this commentary a lot of the time i didn't i often did not agree with it but i think he you know he was more uh interestingly anti-war and i think understood why trump who was against the iraq war uh, like Matthews, uh, really appealed to a lot of people on the right who were not kind of on board with that strain of conservatism. So I think it, a little, it is a little bit MSNBC's loss, and it felt it felt uh, um, just undignified for it to end uh, like this for him. We're talking to Robbie Suave, senior editor at Reason Magazine. Uh, he had a, has a piece up today about Chris Matthews' retirement. Um, and you mentioned Joy Reid, uh, Robbie. Um, she's actually being mentioned as a <laughs> as a possible replacement for uh, for Matthews at seven o'clock. How are they going to explain that? Yeah, I, I know. And look, I right. I so a lot of MSNBC people. I disagree with them. I disagree with Chris Hayes, but he's a he's a very interesting host, very smart person. Um, Rachel Maddow is very smart, even though I disagree with her probably even more. And I think she's peddled some probably quite wrong information about Russia and so on. Yeah. Uh, Joy Reid. I, she feels very part. She seems very partisan to me often, and very uh, or very is trying to spin the narrative in favor of the kind of political people that she really happens to like, 
on like a personal level, uh, an identity basis. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 she wouldn't, she wouldn't be my choice at all. Um, and I, I think she, she just, uh, she, she doesn't bring that same kind of, she certainly doesn't bring the same level of independence somewhat like Chris, uh, Chris Matthews did. I, I think, pe- um, I think we'll people's see. careers have been ended for less in the, in the national media, haven't they? Or, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what it's in, in this, in these, in these times, like, you know, there, there are people out there probably still with big media careers, Hollywood, TV, et cetera, who, who've done and said way worse things and nothing's happened to them yet. Just hasn't, they've just gotten lucky, hasn't come to light. And then there are people, uh, there are people who've done even less wrong than Chris Matthews, who've had to, you know, go undercover for a year or two, like if he's on sorry. Um, there, there was a, actually a band I wrote about at reason.com there. You, you probably haven't heard of them. I hadn't heard of them. Uh, they're like an indie band, but they, you know, they had to take a year off because their their lead singer got accused of just utterly ridiculous, absurd uh, sexual misconduct that he is in no way guilty for, and that just like ended their career for two years. Wow. Um, it's uh, it's there's no way there's no fair way these things are being adjudicated in the public and often not in accordance with basic standards of fairness, and you know that's just distressing to me. Now, Laura Bassett uh, is the woman who uh, maybe may have ultimately cost uh, Matthews' job. Uh, in writing a story in GQ, she wrote that Matthews had a habit of, quote, making demeaning comments about women's appearances in uh, demeaning uh, making comments about women's appearances, I'm sorry, in demeaning ways. I don't know, that doesn't sound like a, something that rises to the level of a fireable offense to me. Then. I mean, it, look, it certainly can in some contexts. Um, you know, workplace uh, sexual harassment is a thing. There's, there's court ca- You know, I, I've read a lot about their court cases. You know, what kind of conduct has to be severe, repetitive, uh, offensive to an objectionable person. I think probably just, you know, infrequently uh, talking about it with a guest here. The guest, you know, she's not a Bassett and whoever else comes on the show is not an employee of MSNBC. It might still be something they would want to take they would want to stop because that makes their, their guests feel uncomfortable. And, you know, I, look, I wasn't there. Maybe the things he said were really uncalled for and they were, and he shouldn't have said them. And he, you know, he sort of conceded that. Of course, maybe there was also more context for some of these. There were also women who've been on his show. Uh, Kathleen Parker, for instance, tweeted that they kind of had a flirty banter for years and it was totally fine and totally reciprocated. And she thinks this is awful. I've, I've seen other uh, women weigh in that way. So, you know, this was not Bassett's experience was not the universal experience of people who interacted uh, with with Chris Matthews at all. So, you know, so that I think that's very important to make clear. Do, do, you, do you note some inconsistency, though, uh, when it comes to the support that that uh, Matthews is getting from from people like Joe Scarborough and uh, and Mika and people like that, who I don't know that they were giving um, Brett Kavanaugh. A, a great deal of latitude on that issue, um, and and all this guy, I don't think he should be fired at all for what anything that he said. But um, but the people who are supporting him sure thought some other people should have been fired for for less. Yep, no doubt. I mean, I've run into this problem on both sides of the political spectrum. Is it, it, it's a terrible travesty when it happens to my guy, but eh, I don't really care. You know, you deserve it when it happens to the guy in your political tribe. You know, this is something the left has done a lot with uh, with uh, or liberals with sexual misconduct. Also, some people on the right. You know, I'm a I'm a civil libertarian. So I'm a consistent kind of due process. You know, no trial by media kind of person who's you know it, 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 intrinsically skeptical of a lot of these things. And you know, I I too was like you know some of this Kavanaugh stuff. I mean, I don't know, how are you supposed to relitigate or adjudicate things people don't remember from decades ago uh, that they did when they were teens? Um, I mean, this, that starts to be a, a, a tough standard for how we, for how we, you know, address or recall, I guess, I guess grievances. You know, I, I think, I think the, the when when the Brett Kavanaugh stuff got brought up, I think a lot of liberals thought, yeah, so people will be turned off by Kavanaugh, you know, Kavanaugh's alleged treatment of this woman, uh, or where women will be. And I think a lot of women, even independent, sort of not necessarily conservative or pro-Trump women actually had the opposite thinking that they could they could imagine this happening to their their own husband or their sons or their father or their grandfather you know decades later getting accused of something that they just have no way of defending themselves against that might be legitimate or might be complete bs and who knows you can't do anything about it and i think that's horrifying to a lot of people 
that that's the kind of time we're going to live through now. And I think a lot of people quite rightly object to it. What about the um, the cause of women in the workplace? I mean, how is that furthered if women are considered more fragile? In other words, if if Warren, if if Matthews had been as tough on a male guest with in a similar situation as he was with Warren, would anybody have even noticed it? Yeah, and, I mean, and if so, well, well, how is that good for women that they that they are claiming that they need to be treated with more care because they're more fragile? Right, and and you know, and to be clear, like women as a whole are not claiming that. A couple, the you know, younger, a, a few more activist sort of social justice influence women are claiming that on behalf of all women, and I think a lot of women resent that um, because they, you know they don't want to be seen. They are they don't want you know men to be in the workplace to be like afraid of having private meetings with them because they're going to be accused of something. Uh, now, look, I, there still is, of course, plenty of sexism in the workplace and conversations you have to have to address it. And so I'm not like, you know, dismissing, dismissing these concerns out of hand. Um, you know, it's, I, I think we have come a long way since the 60s and 70s and so on. Maybe way further to go. But I think a lot of people just want to be treated equally in the workplace. They don't want special protections or special privileges. And I, I think a lot of women don't want, you know, men to perceive them as they're going to, like, disintegrate uh, if, if they get questioned or, or just kind of have a harsh sort of, meeting or something. And, and anyway, for the project of journalism requires being kind of combative sometimes and being aggressive, and especially holding, you know, holding people in power accountable, regardless of their men or, or women. And, you know, we can't sacrifice that um, uh, for, in, in accordance with this new understanding of, like, how we are supposed to treat the other sex. And the other inconsistency, of course, is, uh, it gets kind of back to the Kavanaugh thing, but um, the uh, believe the woman and um, Laura Bassett wrote this story, and there are a lot of people in the liberal on the liberal side of the media who aren't believing what she wrote. They're not buying it that it was a, that it was yeah. a, that egregious, or that she that, you know they're saying that she she might be uh, overreacting. You're not supposed to do that, I thought. Right. Well, I mean, you know, believe that we, this often comes in, up in the context of uh, women who claim to be victims of assault and, and so on. And, you know, it can be obviously you're going to you're going to offer support. You're going to you're not going to dismiss out of hand someone who says they're a victim of something. I don't dismiss what Bassett said. And again, indeed, Matthews, you know, s- sort of conceded, not in that specific case, that he would said things uh, that he wishes he hadn't said and that are not OK by today's standards. And, and actually that he said were never OK, that he should not have said Um but, you know, believing is not what you do. You know, journalists can't instinctively believe everything. We have to scrutinize. We have to be skeptical. Um, you don't, you know, you don't believe in a, it, it, if it comes to trial, you don't automatically believe things. You have to hear the evidence. Actually, the presumption works uh, uh, against believing. You have to, you know, a person is considered innocent until proven guilty. So you have to overcome uh, the natural, you know, presumption to, to, to acquit with with sufficient evidence so that so the kind of belief uh believe people mindset is exactly the opposite of how it should be um so you know i i if 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 you just mean you know don't ignore don't don't you know pretend this doesn't exist don't you know because again obviously there is like i said sexism there's sexual violence in the workplace college campuses etc but you can't just that doesn't mean every single case is right and that you 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 throw out those other kinds of concerns and you just always believe because it's often more complicated. It may be more complicated in the Bassett case. It's probably more complicated in some of the other cases. Um, like as, as we heard from some of the, some of the women on Twitter saying I was in that situation and I was fine with it. It wasn't bad. It was reciprocated, et cetera. So, uh, so, so, and, and again, the role of the, of the, of the reporter is to be skeptical and to scrutinize and to verify not to believe, you know, belief is for, Belief is for religion. It's not for it's not for this line of work. Hey, Robbie, I'm out of time. I appreciate you being on. Uh, you can find the piece and all of Robbie's stuff at Reason.com. And uh, thanks for being on again. Hope to have you on soon. My pleasure. You bet. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Polls will be closing in a couple of hours in some states on this Super Tuesday. Voters in 14 states are going to the polls today. 
Washington State reporting additional coronavirus deaths today, bringing the total to nine. All of the COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. so far have been in the Seattle area. Symptoms include fever, runny nose, cough, and breathing trouble. The death toll from tornadoes that ripped across Tennessee climbing to at least 22. The storm struck early Tuesday as families slept. The twisters destroying more than 140 buildings and burying people in piles of rubble. Stocks fell sharply today after an emergency interest rate cut by the Federal Reserve failed to reassure markets racked by worries of the coronavirus. The Dow was off 786 points today, the Nasdaq down 268. This is SRN News. Following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad. I got to a point where I needed some help, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together. Trinity will consolidate your accounts to into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. My name is Stephanie, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. Dr. Sebastian Gorka explains the president's enthusiasm. There are no average Americans for Donald Trump. There's no, oh, just little old ladies. He just sees Americans, and he loves this country. And if you love it, you are as important as the vice president, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The Answer. Teens in foster care will love you, even if you don't know the lingo. Dad bod. Noun. The result of the occasional donut always washed down with confidence. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Pittsburgh is a city that stands behind our veterans. The Re-Engage Conference joins civilians and veterans together to empower them to reach their highest potential. One day only, Saturday, March 7th, 8 to 3.30 p.m. at the Heinz History Center. Join Re-Engage founders Adam and Alex Zafudo, Steeler legend Rocky Blyer, along with Jeremy Statt, Ariana Hunter, Nick Grimes, Tunch Ilkin, John Kolb, and more. The Re-Engage Conference, empowering veterans, engaging civilians. Reserve now at reengagepgh.com. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got a solid backup on the outbound Parkway North Venture Street to Union Avenue. About a 10-minute delay there. Parkway West. Seeing those delays outbound from Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie, 79 to Campbell's Run Road. Outbound Parkway East stacks up Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound, see an accident in the right lane approaching Boulevard of the Allies. Delays also outbound Veterans Bridge and Liberty Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Tonight, breezy during the evening with a shower around early. Otherwise, clearing skies with a low 35. Mainly cloudy tomorrow with an afternoon shower in some areas for the high 49. 
tomorrow night, a couple clouds with a low of 27. Thursday, plenty of sunshine at a high 49. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. That got a little lost in the other news yesterday with coronavirus, uh, Democrat candidates dropping out, Super Tuesday talk. But it's a big story. Hillary Clinton has finally been told that she is going to have to testify under oath about her emails. Uh, Judicial Watch has been working on this for a long time. Chris Farrell is Director of Investigations and Research at Judicial Watch. He joins us now. Chris, thanks for coming on again. John, great to be with you. Thanks. So uh, what was the news yesterday, and and how big is it? It's huge news. After a six-year court battle, uh, Judge Royce Lambert, the federal judge here in D.C., has ordered Hillary Clinton to be deposed under oath by our attorneys concerning the use of her private email server. And uh, I think the, the underlying story, which is really something all Americans care deeply about, Benghazi because Benghazi is at the root of this entire six-year-long legal case, the very same legal case that actually revealed or exposed to the American public that Hillary Clinton was running her own outlaw email server. And so uh, how long has Judicial Watch been fighting this fight now, Uh, going back to 2012, is it? Exactly. Immediately after the Benghazi attack, uh, we had filed any number of different Freedom of Information Act requests with different agencies and departments, and that's really sort of the kickoff point to this six-year-long legal battle. Now, the same judge uh, ripped the Justice Department for its handling of the emails several years ago. Uh, uh, that is the same judge who, who made the ruling yesterday? That is correct, and he's, he's very frustrated. He says, look, you know... Uh, he went to the extraordinary uh, step of granting us discovery, which had us depose people like Cheryl Mills and Huma Abedin as part of the saga. Uh, but he remarks in his order, and you can read the order online at our website, judicialwatch.org. He remarks in the order that every time Judicial Watch digs into this, they uncover more, worse, you know, damning information. And he's very frustrated by the... Uh, let's just call it lack of candor on the part of the Justice Department and the State Department about this whole long, sad, twisted tale. But um, the fact that it's taken, uh, and this has been going on for this long, um, that would seem to me to be part of the uh, part of Hillary Clinton's plan is to just make this thing drag on to people get tired of it and it just goes away. Obviously, that could, uh, it, that, that could be true, but, you know, look, we're getting accountability where none has been gotten before. Not even, you know, in the FBI interviewed her on the 2nd of July 2016 and then you know, gave her a pass by Comey three days later. That interview was not under oath. She was not Mirandized. Uh, so this is the first time that she'll actually be under oath answering questions having to you know, have some accountability for what she was doing with that private email server and also uh, what was going on behind those Benghazi talking points. And uh, back when she was testifying, um, she had a, um, lots of issues with her memory, um, for, seemed to have forgotten a lot of things. How will you guys go after her when she tries that again, which is, I'm sure she's going to do? Uh, geez, I, I forget. Because, because, because when she makes a preposterous remark like she doesn't recall whether she executed a, uh, you know, a, a, a disclosure or a statement saying that she acknowledged that she had to conduct all of her business on official U.S. government email uh, platforms, we can pull out her her non-disclosure statement where she was briefed on security classifications and how to conduct business, which, which we have a copy of, and then say, Mrs. Clinton, you signed this government form on this date. Is that your signature? Is that the date next to your signature? Does this form refresh your recollection as to your responsibilities with regard to email? So we have an opportunity to provide her with 
records, documents, other email traffic uh, that, you know, are there. It's evidence. It's established documents uncovered through court process. She will then have a chance to refresh her recollection about what she did or didn't do and then answer direct questions and not uh, hide behind artfully worded answers by attorneys. Now, did the judge, I think the judge also said that, that he thought that Judicial Watch needed to have the ability to, as he said, I think, help Hillary remember uh, all those things she uh, said she forgot in written testimony. So the judge uh, was, seemed to be annoyed by all the I don't remembers. You are exactly correct. That, that is my takeaway as well. He made a point of noting that, I, I may not be exact on the numbers, but it's something like, out of 25 questions, she claimed she couldn't recall in 21 of the 25, or something like that. I can't recall the exact numbers, but it's an extraordinary number. And uh, I think that his patience is wearing quite thin. Yeah, and it, so is the goal... I'm talking about Judicial Watch now. Is is the number one thing here, besides just the general idea that she was um, being sneaky with her emails, uh, making that public and, and getting her to either admit it or be found to be uh, um, just not telling the truth, is the main goal to get the emails related to the Benghazi attack? Because Cheryl Mills is also going to be uh, forced to testify. That is correct. And also, you know, your listening audience has to remember, she sent 22 top-secret, sensitive compartment of information, code word material. She sent 22 of those top-secret emails across that outlaw, unsecured server. Yeah, and so... But and, and any, any other citizen would, would have been nailed to the wall for, for doing a fraction of that. But is the, is the bigger issue why she did that than the fact that she actually did it and doesn't admit it? In other words, why was she doing that? Was she doing that because she felt she had to because she was trying to hide something from the Freedom of Information Act? That is certainly a very legitimate line of questioning, absolutely. But is that what you guys are after, to, to prove? Well, I mean, sure. Sure, she needs to. There's got to be accountability. Right, that's what we're in the business of. That's what Judicial Watch does. There's got to be accountability. She engaged in a, a pattern of conduct that's off the charts, and we need to get straight answers and not lawyer double talk. Now, will this be on camera? Will it be videotaped, recorded? It will. Uh, and where would this testimony take place? Uh, probably in a legal or, or uh, deposition service office that is my my best guess at this moment she has 75 days to comply with the judge's order okay so that takes us to what that's two and a half months that takes us to uh middle of may yeah now what are the chances that by the middle of may she's going to have she by then will have thrown up some more roadblocks and uh that 75 days will be who knows how many days uh you know, when when you defy a federal judge's order, you put yourself in substantial legal jeopardy. Okay, so what would be the penalty for her if she just said, "I'm not doing it. Uh, I, I'm 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 sorry. I'm uh, going to be out of the country and uh, come and get me." Well, I mean that's that's a pretty it's a it's an extreme hypothetical, but persons who defy court orders usually find themselves in a, a rule-to-show cause for contempt of court hearing. Yeah, That's we're, normally the practice. We're talking to Chris Farrell, Director of Investigations and Research for Judicial Watch. But it's a serious question, Chris, for, for layman, uh, lay people out here. Uh, so uh, the judge says you're required to do this, and, uh, uh, and if she ignores it, she's, avoid, uh, she's, um, she's refused or, she, or ignored she's a court order. She's in legal jeopardy. Yeah, but what kind, what happens to her? Do they come and arrest her and take her away? What happens? You're you're like a hundred yards down the road on that. I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I, I get your line of questioning. I understand it, but I I cannot uh, imagine that Mrs. Clinton would put herself in a position, uh, nor would her attorneys, okay. where she would uh, willfully 
being contempt of a federal court order. Okay. I just that's a tough one to swallow. That's why I'm asking you. I want to uh, because I, I just for uh, for the sake of people who don't know what happens to you if you do avoid a court order. Um, you know, what's the worst that can happen to her? I guess is a better way to put well, it. I mean, the, 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 all right. So, if if the average citizen was in contempt of a court order, whether that's a circuit, you know, a, sta- a county or state judge or a federal judge, and you blow off what you're ordered to do, the the most extreme uh, thing the judge can do is put you in jail for a while. Um, there's normally other sanctions, fines, other mm-hmm. penalties, but but the most extreme would be uh, a jail term of normally it's a number of days. But again, that's a yeah. that's a way out there hypothetical. Except, of course, if you're an ordinary citizen, right? Mm-hmm. If one of your listeners blew off a court order. Uh, you know, they'd have the county sheriff out at the at the house, and they'd be taken away. But you know, that's right. That's, that, that's that, a procedure that uh, that, that is uh, probably you know it's common enough, but people seek to avoid that. I mean that that is not anything anybody wants. Okay, now you you are uh, the director of investigations and research, and you guys are putting together a case, and you're going to the questions that you ask will be based on things that you know and that uh, you think that and you want to you want to pressure her to answer. So uh, does do. Does Judicial Watch believe that the Benghazi controversy is what led Hillary Clinton to decide she had to hide her emails? Is that the, is that the, the the crux of it all? She set up her outlaw email server nine days before she took office as Secretary of State, so it, it predates okay um, her actual taking that position. But but did that. Was it a convenient thing for her to have then when she did have an issue like that that she wanted to uh, keep covered up? That's the word that she uses over and over, that she did it for convenience. But uh, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't hold up under scrutiny, in my opinion. And, and the judge has decided that, it seems to anyway, that the, the judge has decided that Clinton and people working with her have been dishonest when they claim that they've tried to find the information that uh, you're looking for, meaning Judicial Watch. Oh, we've looked, that's well, just, they I mean, can't find it. The, the, the remarkable thing is that, uh, you know, we continue to have documents produced to us after the government has already taken the position that they've produced everything. I mean, literally 10 days ago, we got another batch of 30 records that according to the government, you know, shouldn't exist because they've already sworn they've given us everything. So if they've given us everything, why are we still getting records produced to us in other cases? A new batch of 30 records. Those two are up on our website. Folks can go read them for themselves and say, wow, this doesn't make sense. You you know, got on the record in front of a judge saying, that's it, you're done. And then there's a whole other line of questioning concerning text messages. So this is, that's why the judge is frustrated, frankly. You know, he sees people talking out of both sides of their mouth, and I think he's just fed up with it. Yeah, the judge actually wrote, uh, this is a quote, to argue that the court now has enough information to determine whether state conducted an adequate search is preposterous. Those are pretty strong words. That's pretty clear. That doesn't (laughs) leave too many doubts, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So um, the, the... the maximum she has is 75 days. Do you expect them to drag that out to the exact 75 days, or might something happen here sooner than that? I, I, I'd be guessing. I know that we've made an overture to you know, coordinate calendars and try to figure out the best date, but I, I, you know, speculating as to what date or when, way over my head. I can't even, I can't even begin to guess. Okay, now this. What is the end game here, though? Again, it's uh, for people who don't understand. This is a this is a civil suit. So, what Correct. could happen to Hillary besides being ex- besides being exposed as a liar as a result of this? Well, I mean, uh, we may uncover new information. Uh, you know, that's material to uh, the handling of classified information. We may. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks out there. Um, you know, there's certainly persons who are on the record under oath 
chain, you know, A, B, and C. Now, if she comes in and under oath says, you know, X, Y, and Z, well, that's got to get resolved. And, you know, uh, folks that put themselves uh, in jeopardy of, of perjury, the court does not take that lightly. It is, so there's, this is very serious stuff we're talking about. And there are major issues. There's the issues concerning her email server and her mishandling of national defense information. And then there's the underlying question, which is really at the root of all of this, and that is there's facts concerning Benghazi and the tragedy of what happened to that terrorist attack that the American public has a right to know. I agree with you. I'm out of time, uh, Chris, as usual. Great work uh, at Judicial Watch, and uh, good to have you on the show. Hope we can do it again as this thing uh, moves along. Maybe when we, uh, uh, we when the thing gets rolling here, we can get you back on and explain to us uh, what's up with uh, the details and where it's going. Great to be on, and, and thanks for the chance to talk to your folks. Okay, thank you, and we'll see you next time. That's uh, Chris Farrell. He's Director of Investigations and Research at Judicial Watch. Hillary's in a little bit of trouble, it looks like. We'll be right back. You can testify, but you just can't win, because I'm here to tell you you guilty as sin. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud Sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I'm doing all the right things. Drinking plenty of water, eating right, exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceutical. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Thanks to Genesis 950, I can have guests in my home without the shame of pet stains and odors. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. All pet owners should have Genesis 950 on hand. I can even use it in my carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for my family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, oil and grease stains, wheels, tires, degreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian. Inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel, December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour. A journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. 
on the stand with Israel tour. History, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So uh, Super Tuesday is finally here. And uh, the best thing about it is we don't have to look at Amy Koblakar and uh, and uh, uh, Pete Boot, P- P- Pete Buttigieg, uh, and uh, I guess Elizabeth uh, Warren is still around. But um, I guess it's you know it's Bernie and Biden, and the, the headline on Drudge said that says that Biden is now the odds-on favorite to get the nomination. I guess we'll find out after tonight, but. Biden keeps doing unbelievably stupid things that are going to guarantee that he can't win the general election anyway if he does manage to weasel the nomination. Um, yesterday, before he was introduced, uh, the guy who introduced him in Texas, I forget where he was in Texas, but it was somewhere in Texas. And it was Beto, Beto, Beto O'Rourke. Robert O'Rourke is who introduced him. And Joe Biden went up there and said, um, I want to make something clear. I'm going to guarantee this is not the last you've seen of this guy talking to the audience there. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one who leads this effort. Now, keep in mind that Beto is the guy who pretty much went down the toilet right after he looked into the camera and said, yeah, I'm coming for your AR-15s. I'm coming for all your guns. And he was bragging about it and thinking that he was going to get away with it. And he was... He went from being the guy who was born to be president to not being able... He actually owed points. He was so far below in the polls at the end. That's who Joe introduces yesterday and says is going to be his point man on stealing people's guns, making them turn them in. There you go. So we'll see how it goes tonight, and we'll talk about it tomorrow on Super Wednesday. See you then. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.